Welcome to Brand New Doctor. My name is Rola Carajo, doctor turned healthcare graphic designer and brand strategist. This is the show where we share big ideas and look for inspiration in all kinds of places to help you grow a fulfilling career in healthcare. Following a path to success is one thing, but carving your own is another. So this is for you if you want to go beyond book smart. It's almost the end of 2023, and this is the season where we naturally get reflective about how the year has gone. For the podcast, there have been some great moments. It's become a weekly podcast, and now have help with the editing and production. And this has allowed me to focus on more interviews with amazing guests to make great content for you. So yes, reflecting on the last year can make us feel great. But there can also be a darker side. Sometimes we set really high standards for ourselves and we just don't feel like winners. Full disclosure, sometimes I feel frustrated at my progress and I find it hard to be objective about it. Now I'm not telling you this to be a downer, but because I figured that if I can feel this way, then it's likely that I'm not the only one. We're often looking externally at our peers or society's expectations or even using time as a marker to give us some indication of how we're doing. I think we can all relate to the feeling that we don't measure up. If you are carving your own path in some way and taking your work or life in a direction that is different from what is generally expected, it can be especially difficult to deal with this feeling. In a sense, you've taken a chance on yourself. And if you're not seeing the results you wanted, you may be wondering if that was the right thing to do in the first place. So how can we deal with that? How can we keep going when the road is long without letting the disappointment of not being at our destination already cloud our judgment and stop us from continuing? I could just tell you to keep going no matter what, but if you're like me, that alone won't satisfy a deeper need to feel like you are on the right track. So I'm going to share five things that will help you to deal with disappointment and with all of the emotions and keep moving forward when you're not where you want to be already. Number one, remember you're not there yet. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you'll know that I often talk about the growth mindset because I believe that it's key to carving your own path and achieving your goals that you set for yourself. It's so important for us to have this to help us manage our emotions when we're reflecting on the progress that we're making. Carol Dweck is the psychologist who researched this and coined the term. And to quote her directly, in a gross mindset, people believe that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. Brains and talent are just the starting point. This view creates a love of learning and a resilience that is essential for great accomplishment. When you have a growth mindset, instead of believing that you haven't achieved a goal because you're essentially incapable, you believe that you can develop the skills necessary to get there with hard work and persistence. Basically, you're not there yet. Carol Dweck talks about the importance of adding this word yet when we talk about our aspirations. 
It's a label of assurance for us that our goal is not only possible, but probable. If you keep persisting, it's just a matter of time. And we absolutely have to think this way when we talk about our progress. Failure doesn't mean that we're not good enough or smart enough. In fact, our failures make us smarter. They provide us with experience we can use the next time if we choose to try again and believe that our effort will eventually lead us to success. We can grow. So you may not be there yet, but remember that your effort, which is entirely within your control, will take you closer if you choose to believe that it can. This is the frame of mind we need to reflect on our year. Number two, choose a compassionate inner coach. I'm sure that if you had a friend come and tell you that they were feeling disappointed with their progress, you would want to comfort them and tell them not to be so hard on themselves. We look at our friends through a kind lens. We focus on their good intentions and we put into perspective just how far they've come from where they started. So why is it so hard to do the same thing for ourselves? So a few episodes back, Amy's story talked about self-compassion and the power it has to improve not just our mental well-being, but the working culture in healthcare. In fact, she talked about having a regular practice for this. So what is it that stops us from being kind and compassionate to ourselves? I think that while we know that kindness is the answer because we give it so freely to other people, on some level we believe that we need to be hard on ourselves or that we need that harsh voice in our heads to keep progressing and not be, quote unquote, complacent. Knowing and believing are different things. But to have that self-compassion to help us deal with difficult emotions like disappointment, we need to go from knowing to believing that it is essential to our well-being and ultimately our progress. How do we do that? Well, something I found helpful is to think about my inner voice like a coach. And you can do the same thing. So if your inner voice is a coach, what kind of coach would you want it to be? For me, deciding on this took me down a path of remembering my experiences with my teachers, my sport coaches, my parents. And so now for you, which of these types of people helped you perform your best? Was it the people who were critical and impatient? Or was it the people who were constructive, compassionate and kind who helped you the most? And then who do you want your inner coach to be like? If you're anything like me, you've done better when your coaches in life have been on your side, when they've been compassionate to you. And that's because a gentler approach creates safety for us to try and not always have to get it right. When you remind yourself how much better you have performed when you have had compassionate coaches, you'll believe that what you need is more compassion, not more harsh criticism. And this will help you to start creating that inner environment for yourself too. Self-compassion is something we absolutely need to deal with the lows and the disappointments when we're on our personal journey because it gives us the courage to keep going and not write ourselves off. 
you may have heard this idea that our inner critical voice is actually the voice of someone else in our life who we have internalized. Those put downs and those harsh judgments that we heard from someone else continue to do a number on us long after the initial insult. And what we have to do now is consciously replace that voice with one that has helped us in the past. And we can really think deeply about our inner compassionate coach. I think you'll find it helpful to ask yourself specifically, how do you want your inner coach to support you? What scenarios are likely to come up for you in the coming year? And how would you want your inner coach to respond? And when you answer these questions for yourself, draw from your experience of the real coaches in your life that have helped you. Choose a kinder and more compassionate inner coach to help you through disappointments and difficult times. Number three, remember your reasons. Depending how you choose to look at it, the liberating or difficult thing about carving a path for yourself is that it is entirely up to you to decide whether you keep trying or not. If you're starting a new project or venture, creating an alternative career, or changing careers entirely, you have made these decisions for yourself. So you decide how far you want to take them. It seems that being persistent is easier when you're following a path because you've been told ahead of time what more effort gets you and you have an idea of how long it will take you. For example, you have two years to pass the final exams so you can complete your training. So keep attempting them until you get a high enough score. You'll know what you get in return for your effort and what period of time you have to make it happen. It's already been laid out. So it's easier to decide whether that commitment is worth it to you. In contrast, when you're carving a path, it's less certain what you'll get in return for your effort and you don't know how long it might take you. You can take this podcast as an example. I didn't know that the hours I used to spend editing would lead to anything. I couldn't be certain that I would get listeners. And with these things, you never know how long it will take for you to grow it to where you want it to be. So why keep trying when it's hard and you don't know what will come of it? To answer this question, there is something that we first of all need to be really clear on. The truth is that we cannot predict the future. We actually never know what the outcome will be, whether you're following a path or you're carving one. Even when we are doing the quote-unquote sensible thing, we have zero guarantees. For me, medicine seemed like a sure bet, a secure future, but it quickly became apparent that I would be desperately unhappy in clinical practice. Jim Carrey gave a commencement speech talking about his father giving up his passion for comedy for a sensible job as an accountant, which he eventually lost. We can do our part and we can work hard, but we can't guarantee that it will give us what we're looking for. So back to this question. Why keep trying? Well, if we have no guarantees, all we have are our reasons. Jim Carrey famously said, you can fail at something you don't love. So why not fail at something you do love? 
Failure is only a bad thing if it stops you from trying again. You can learn from your failures. So why not fail in the direction of what you want, if it matters enough to you? So ask yourself, why is this venture important to you? Is it something that you love or that fulfills you? What is it that makes it worthwhile to you? It may be the people you can help, an injustice you can make right, or work that you wake up excited to do every day. Write your reasons down and revisit them whenever you feel doubtful that you should keep trying. Number four, schedule time to act and time to think. It is going to be harder to be patient when you don't know when something will pay off, especially if you are seeing your friends progressing in a more traditional career. If you're not seeing the results you want yet, the natural reaction is to question whether this is the right way to be spending your time or if you should be doing something else that will yield greater returns. It is a valid question and one we need to ask ourselves from time to time to constructively guide our progress. But where it becomes a problem is when we ask ourselves this constantly. This is not just a question, it's doubt and it can be crippling to us. When we are ruminating constantly over our options, trying to decide the correct way to direct our efforts, we're eating into the time we could be using to make real progress. But if you're like me, it will feel reckless to completely ignore this question of how you're spending your time. To ignore it feels like you're trying to enjoy a walk outside with the niggling worry that you've left the gas on. So here's something that helps. You can schedule time to act and time to think so that you know that both will be taken care of. Once you've got your idea or strategy for what you want to do, call it a trial and schedule in your diary two phases to this, runtime and analysis time. Make it simple. During runtime, give your space to run with the idea. Let it play out and see if it sticks. Your only job is to execute. For runtime, you might schedule a few days or it might be just an hour. Whatever time you want to give to acting without worrying and planning into the future. Just focus on being present and observe the actual outcomes of what you're doing rather than your internal monologue. So whenever doubt pops up, remind yourself that you don't have to worry or overthink because analysis will be taken care of later. You can even write down the questions or doubts that come up for you on a piece of paper for you to look at later so that you've acknowledged them and you've reassured yourself that you will come back to address them. Then you can go into analysis phase. And this is where you get to reflect on what you did during the run phase. Here you get to think about how you spent your time, what worked well, and what should come next, and address these questions or doubts that you wrote down earlier. You can give yourself 20 minutes or two hours, but limit your thinking to a defined period and aim to have a plan of what to focus on in your next run phase by the end. Having less time to think forces you to become more focused and more objective and waste less time on rumination. 
you can make this work for anything you're getting analysis paralysis over. Let's say, for example, you're considering jobs in a different industry and the time you spend playing out in your mind where this might take you is stopping you from actually seeing what it's like to even apply. You could schedule runtime for an afternoon to work on your CV and be present without planning into the future. After this, you spend 30 minutes on analysis time to address those questions and doubts that came up for you while you were working. And what you'll probably find is that with the progress you made during runtime, you won't want to spend that much time on analysis thinking about your worries. You'll want to get back into action and finish that application. So next time you're overthinking an idea before you've even started, schedule time to act and time to think so you know that both of them are taken care of. This limits time to ruminate and frees up time to put in consistent effort without that feeling at the back of your mind that you've left the gas on. Number five, remind yourself that your life is bigger than your achievements. It's the holiday season, so I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you that there are other areas of your life that bring fulfillment other than your career. We get so zoned in on what we've done this year at work that we can forget that the relationships we've nurtured and the memories we've made are important too. My advice to you is simple. Reflect not only on your work, but on other areas of your life. Your family, your friends, the places you've been, the new things you've tried. But more importantly, if you are feeling some type of way about your progress this year, don't dwell on it and beat yourself up when you could be spending time with people who love you regardless of what you achieve in life. Take the time with the people you love and the things you love doing. Be present in the moment with the things that bring you joy. If the kind of people you want to be able to celebrate your wins with are already in your life, you have to celebrate that now. Nurturing those relationships will remind you that your life is bigger than your achievements. And this will give you the strength to keep moving forward. That's all from me. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm so grateful and I really appreciate all the love and support Brand New Doctor has gotten this year. It really warms my heart. I'm wishing you all an amazing holiday season that reminds you of what is truly important to you. And I hope you look back on this year with pride at all you've done. Much love from me. Until the next time on Brand New Doctor. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brand New Doctor. I hope it inspired you in your personal journey. Check out the notes for a summary of the show with all of the important links. And if you enjoyed this, do me a favor, subscribe and share this episode with someone else you think could benefit from this message. I'd love to hear from you. So why not leave a rating and review? It really helps other people to discover the podcast too. You can also find me on LinkedIn as Rolakeojo and on Instagram as Rolakeo.so. So that's all for now, but I'll be back soon with another episode of Brand New Doctor.